Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Life Church. Wow, I'm so excited to be here with you all today. And it's really an honor for me to, to share what God has been putting on my heart over the last couple of weeks with you all today. Now, I, I just quickly want to remind everybody that if I'm bringing a message or Andreas brings a message, uh, our desire is not at all to just give you warm fuzzies and to warm your ears. We intentionally spend time with the Lord, um, time in the Word to curate a message that He wants to give you today. And that is what we believe we are sharing. And, and I'm I'm trusting that you're going to grow from this message today because I surely have over the last couple of weeks as the Lord's been downloading um, this concept to me. Our desire is not for you to be able to just check off the box today to say went to church or listen to a sermon. Um, we want you to just posture yourself to be ready to receive um, and come with anticipation because I have a great anticipation of what God's going to do today through this message. We serve an incredible God, an incredible God, and He loves us so much that He literally is intentional about creating moments to speak to you. And let today be one of those moments. I believe that He wants to inspire us, He wants to correct us, He wants to convict us. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, why is that? Because that is what he wants for his servants, which is you and I, so that we can be thoroughly equipped for every good work every good work. You and I are on this planet with a purpose and we have a lot of good works we need to do. We have to be witnesses. We have to share the love of Jesus. We have to share the gospel. We have to intentionally make a difference in people's lives as we love people with the love of Jesus. Because where else am I going to, are they going to get that? There are people that will only experience the love of Jesus if they're going to experience it through you. And in order for us to do that properly, we have to be equipped. So are you ready to be equipped today? Let's just pray together. Father God, we, we ask you to just come through your Holy Spirit right now and just open our spiritual ears and our spiritual eyes that we can receive from you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will just come and anoint my mouth and my lips and filter every word that comes to your servants today. Holy Spirit, come, speak through us. Amen. Amen. Okay, so Andres has been speaking for a couple of weeks on the series of canceling idols. And if you haven't heard some of the previous messages, go back and listen. They've been very, very powerful. And today I'm going to continue speaking about canceling the idol of me. The idol of me, myself, and I, the not so holy trinity. So this this message was birthed a few weeks ago. Um, I was speaking to a friend who, who called me up for just some advice and guidance as to how to handle a, a situation in friendships that this person found themselves in after just a lot of turmoil and, and just yuck has taken place among uh, relationships. And 
I'm glad that the Holy Spirit was able to use me to give some guidance and counsel. But afterwards, I walked away from that going, how is this possible? Like, how is it possible that there can be that much jealousy, envy, gossip, slander, and just, just an unkind spirit among people who call themselves Christians? Not just call themselves Christians, people who are in Bible study after Bible study after Bible study, go to morning church service, evening church service, prayer group here, reading this, but constantly, intentionally growing in their walk with the Lord, yet the relationships are toxic. And I was just asking, why? Why, God? It, it was so heavy on my heart. In Galatians 2 verse 20, it says, for it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I was asking myself, really? If this is true for all believers, then why are our lives not reflecting Christ? Why do our lives, our relationships, our behaviors, the way we go about doing life, um, every, everything about our lives, why does it not reflect Christ if he is now living in me and I no longer live? If Christ lives in us, and he says in his word that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And he says in his word that I can trample on snakes and scorpions and they will not harm me. Then why have we as Christians been, been consumed with fear during this pandemic? Why have we allowed fear to make our decisions? Now, now, don't take offense. I am not saying we shouldn't wear masks or we should go against or rebel against the authorities. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we should not make decisions based out of fear. And we have been doing that. We have allowed that. Why is that? If Christ lives in, uh, lives in us and he says not to get drunk on wine and not to abuse our bodies with substances, then why do we see Christians getting drunk and high on weekends, on Sunday night, and then Saturday night, and then Sunday morning sitting in church, and, and we think that that is pleasing to the Lord? And again, I know this might sound harsh, and please hear my heart. My heart knows that you and I are constantly going to sin. We have the flesh, and we live in the sinful world. We are going to make mistakes, but... My heart is for us to understand that on the other side of, of succumbing to these things, to these lifestyles that is not reflecting Christ, God's fullness that is waiting for us on the other side is worth any sacrifice that we need to make because he's a good God and what he has for us and what he wants to do in us and through us is more powerful than giving up anything that is hard in the flesh. So why are our lives looking the same as that of those, the people in the malls, our neighbors, who do not have Christ living in them? If Jesus Christ, who lives in me, is the same Jesus Christ who died on the cross, who died for all our sins, for all our sickness, he rose from the dead, he had victory over death. If this incredible God is the one now living inside of me, then it means that I have the ability and I am supposed to mirror him. I am supposed to be a reflection of his love, of his character, no matter what circumstances I face. 
I have to be a reflection of his peace, his goodness, even in the midst of a pandemic and even in the midst of suffering. So I was asking the Holy Spirit for a few weeks, reveal this answer to me. I said, like, Holy Spirit, I want to know, like, this cannot go on like this. We have a bigger purpose here than, than succumbing to this kind of a mediocre, lukewarm lifestyle. And my heart's been heavy for his people, for all of us. And in my mind, I had many answers of why this is the case. But all these answers were limited by my human thinking. And they would just bring condemnation and judgment. But this one morning, he spoke to me. I was at the gym and I was listening to a sermon while running on the treadmill from Pastor Alex Seeley. Amazing preacher. I love how God has been using her over the years. And the Lord gave me this answer through her. And he said, it's because many of us have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, but we have not accepted him as our Lord. So what I'm saying is that we have joyfully accepted his sacrificial love and grace. He died on the cross, but we are not responding to him with sacrificial obedience. I'm going to say again what he said to me. He said, for many of us, Jesus is our Savior, but he is not our Lord. And I just started weeping while running on the treadmill. I just started to have tears going down my cheeks because I had this heaviness in my heart for the kingdom and for his people. And I felt this huge, huge burden and this huge sense of his call for all of us saying, would you? Please, are you willing to give me all of you? Are you willing to not hold back any part? Would you allow me to be your Lord? And that's a question that we all have today because our lives will look very different when we say yes. And the lives of those that we get in contact with will be touched in a very different way when we are willing to say yes. Now, before we answer this question, we have to really understand what this means. So I did some digging and according to the Collins English Dictionary, Lord is someone or something having greater power and authority, a master or a ruler. Matthew 6 verse 24 talks about um, that man should not have two masters. No man can serve two masters. And it's referring in that passage to the master of money, mammon, or God. It says that you cannot have two, two masters. You're either going to love the one and hate the other or hate the one and love the other. And it's the same for any idol. God is not going to sit at the table with another idol in our lives. Andreas shared that powerfully last week. So what does this mean for you and I? It means that I am either ruled by me, myself and I, or I choose to give him lordship over my life. And when I do that, he becomes my master and my ruler. Guys, God is not a forceful God. He will never force his ways, his plans, his desires for you. He will never force it on you. Our God is kind. He's gentle. He's patient. He's merciful. And then he's more patient. And then a little bit more patient. And you and I have to realize that we in ourselves as natural beings will never be able to have his incredible good ways, his incredible blessings manifest in our lives 
unless we give full reins over to the Holy Spirit, which we do when we make him Lord and master over us. He doesn't want just some of you. He doesn't just want some of me. He wants all of you. I want to share the story, and many of you have heard it, of when Andreas and I um, were led to sell everything in South Africa and come serve in Canada. Now, I have to say, you always hear his side of the story. I'll share a little bit of my side of the story. When he came to me, once we were already back in South Africa and said, okay, listen, we have to talk about this because I really feel like the Holy Spirit is leading us to go to Canada. I had my heels dug in. I did. I was very resistant. I'm not going to lie. I even remember saying something in the lines of, okay, but if God is calling us and he's told you, then he has to tell me too, because if he's not telling me, I ain't going nowhere. Now that's a whole nother sermon on sacrificial love and sacrifice and submission, but we won't go into that today. But really, that's really how I felt. And I had many reasons to feel that way because there were too many things that did not line up. For us to sell everything there at that season of our lives, one plus one did not equal two. The math didn't make sense to me. And I can explain to you why, you'll understand. We had just finished renovating our beautiful Tuscan home on a lovely golf, in a lovely golf estate on a golf course. It was beautiful. I just had the whole place designed and decorated. Custom, drapes, everything. It was perfect. We had just made it a little bit bigger because in a couple of years we want to start our family. We had, I had it all figured out and everything made sense. Our business was doing really well. And also on top of it just doing well, we had financial investors that invested money into this company. And I was just thinking to myself, that is the most selfish and irresponsible thing we can do to just up and go and leave them hanging and expect our staff to run a business that they need us for while we live on the other side of the country. It, was, it just was wrong in so many ways. My career also um, was doing very well. Um, and I had actually one of South Africa's top producers who I had worked with prior, um, a couple of years prior to that, had just called me a couple of weeks before and said that um, he's been writing a 12-part drama series and the lead character he's basically written in for me. And in a month or two, he'll be ready and he wants me to come and read the script and we're going to probably um, produce it in a couple of months. So I'm sure... Even for you listening to that, you'd go like, I understand. The calculations did not add up. It doesn't make sense. But there's always a but. I soon realized that God's math is not our math. I decided to sacrifice me, myself, and I and be obedient to the call. And I thought about this many times. If I insisted to be the master of me, I absolutely would have stayed in South Africa. I don't know what my life would have looked like, but I potentially also would have held Andreas back from saying yes to his master. Looking back now, oh my goodness, I, I just, I can't even imagine what my life would have been if we did not say yes. Our formulas and calculations would have made us miss out on such incredible plans that he had for us, of glory upon glory that he had set out for us in our family. We just didn't see it. And this is what I want for each and every one of you. 
Now, please, I'm not saying you need to sell everything and move to another country. I'm not saying you should quit your job. I'm not saying anything like that. All it means is that we have to be willing to say, yes, Lord, sacrificial obedience. God, this was not what I had saved my money up for, but if you say so, I will give it. God, I, I know you say that I should forgive this person, but you have no idea how much that person has hurt me and they do not forgive, they do not deserve my forgiveness, but because you say so, I will. Sacrificial obedience. Does it come with trials? <laughs> yep, absolutely. Has it come with hardship for us? You have no idea. Through it all, we have wanted to give up many times. We have wanted to go back many times. We've wanted to even quit this church at times. Why? Because it's hard. Because saying yes to the master, making him Lord, giving him lordship over all of you, over all your plans, over all your dreams, does not mean all sunshine and roses. But what it does mean is that in the midst of trials, he brings peace. In the midst of hardship, he will always provide. He gives courage. In the midst of struggle, he brings victory. He knows best and his best is better than our best could ever be. He is good always, no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, he will always be good. His plans will always be good and therefore we can always trust him. And that is what leads us to sacrificial obedience. So I wanna ask you again, is Jesus your savior or is he your savior and your Lord? If he is your Lord, you will know because there is always a price. Luke 18 verse 18 to 30 is the, the story about the rich man. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. And you have to honor your father and your mother. So the man replied, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. When Jesus saw this, he said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, then who in the world can be saved? He replied, what is impossible for people is possible with God. So Peter said, well, we've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brother or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. See, the rich man believed in Jesus, but he was not willing to sacrificially obey. The disciples, on the other hand, they believed in Jesus, but they also obeyed sacrificially. They gave up a lot. 
They sacrificed a lot and they obeyed. They did what the Lord told them to do. And that's why Jesus told them that they will see a great reward. Many of us, many Christians have become so comfortable to just incorporate Jesus into our lives, just like the rich man. But many of us have not been willing to surrender all and do whatever he tells us to do, even if the math does not line up, even if it doesn't agree with our philosophies or our opinions. Lordship, I really truly believe lordship was at the very heart of Jesus' redemptive work when he died on the cross. And actually Paul makes this very clear in Romans 14 verse 8 to 9. He says, for if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, what, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. And also in Acts 2 verse 36, it says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Is he only your Savior? Is he your Savior and your Lord? See, I can be saved. I can pray the prayer, ask Jesus to come live in me through the Holy Spirit. I can have my name written in the book of life. And when my body dies, my spirit can be secure to live for eternity with Jesus and the Father in heaven forever. That's great. Like that is awesome. What a gift. What a blessing. What's sad is that we can live with that assurance yet completely miss the call and purpose here on earth to be witnesses and to make a difference, to lead others to Jesus. See, it is his goodness and his kindness that lead people to repentance. Where, is it going, where are people going to see his goodness and his kindness? If we sit at home waiting for eternal life in heaven, we really are selfish and, and may I even say disobedient. Disobedient to making the sacrifices of saying yes, of having him as Lord. Walking in sacrificial obedience, making him Lord. That is where we will bear fruit. That is where we will be witnesses and make a difference and lead people to Jesus. Talking about bearing fruit, let's read this in Luke 6, verse 43 to 49. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. So what will it look like if we build our house on the rock? It's a little harder work than just building it on the sand. We have to dig a little bit deeper. What does it mean then to say, Lord, Lord, and actually do what he says? 
I don't know about you, but I do not want my Jesus to say, why do you say, Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You read it in the word, you hear it in sermons. I've spoken it to you, but you do not do what I say. This means that I go wherever he leads me through his Holy Spirit, not where my opinions, my parameters, my protocols lead me. This means that I do hard things because I choose to submit my will to his will. I submit my feelings to his truths. This means that I live from a place of submission, dying to myself because I know that God's math is not the same as my math and I know that his way is better than mine. I can make as many calculated, calculated decisions as I want. If it's not in alignment with his word, with his character, with his heart, then the formula is not going to produce godly fruit. Sacrificial obedience says, yes, Lord, whatever you say, you are Lord and I am not. That is what sacrificial obedience says. Andreas and I have been blessed many times in our lives to have been in that place where the Lord said to do this and do that, and we have been obedient. There's been many times where we haven't been either, but the times where we have been obedient, the blessings are just unreal. Multiple times he's asked us to give a card to this person, give money to this person, and we've done it. And even multiple times he has asked us to give a car away, a vehicle away, which we've done numerous times. Now, I'm not saying this to, for you to think, oh, that's so great, they've done that. Oh, I, I'm trying to share with you that being obedient and making sacrifices doesn't always come easy. You know, it's not like we had three vehicles sitting in the driveway and we're like, oh yeah, let's give this one. It's only worth a couple of hundred dollars anyway and we don't really need it. No, this was, every time it was cars that we loved, that we needed, that we used. That is what God calls of us. It's not the leftovers. It was sacrificial obedience every time. And as we've walked in it, we've every time just been in awe and amazed by his goodness. How he's been able to use us in ways to share the love of Jesus through sacrificial obedience. We have seen his fruit. It's in the absence of sacrificial obedience where we get stuck and we say, I don't see God's blessings in my life. I don't see the provisions. I don't see joy in the midst of suffering. Maybe it's because we're using human calculations but looking for heavenly solutions. I truly believe that there are some people listening today that as you were listening to this message, the Holy Spirit's been nudging in your heart saying, yes, this is you. You've accepted Jesus. He's your savior. You're going to go to heaven. That's all great. But you have not stepped down from the me throne to allow the Lord to be your master, the master and ruler over all areas of your life. Maybe even right now you're sitting and you're like, but Irma, you have no idea. I am in a marriage that is completely not working. We've been at it for 15 years, 15 years of hardship. We're not compatible. We should never have gotten married in the first place. There's been no adultery, but it's just not working out. It's just too much work. And trust me, I get it. I get that calculations that they make says equals divorce is going to be the answer. I get that and I understand that. But God is greater than that. 
He is able to heal and restore. I promise you, if you're willing to say, not my will, the easy way out, but your will, that he will provide healing and restoration like you cannot imagine. And your marriage can be restored to be better than it's ever been. Because what is impossible for us is absolutely possible for him. Maybe when I shared the story about the the person that I was talking to about these toxic relationships, maybe something touched your heart and you're like, that's true. I go from Bible study to Bible study. I pray every day. I read my Bible. Yet, if I look in my life, my relationships are consumed with jealousy and gossip and slander. I know how hard it can be to break unhealthy relationships. Trust me, I have done it. I've had to walk that road myself. But he is saying, why do you say, Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Because he says to not engage in jealousy and gossip and slander. My friends, if, if you guys can only fully grasp, including myself, if we can fully grasp what is waiting for us on the other side of sacrificial obedience, I don't think anything will stop us. So if this is you today, and you felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit, I want to give you the opportunity right now to just say, yes, Lord, I want you as Lord of my life. I want to do what you say. I want to step down from the throne where I have been sitting on, trying to calculate what I should do and what I shouldn't do, neglecting what he's been telling you all along. If that is you, let me just pray with you. Father God, we come. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to just stir in our hearts all those areas and show us where we have been sitting on the throne and have not allowed you to be Lord over us. Father God, I I pray we come this morning, we pray and we give you full reign full authority through your Holy Spirit. We ask that you will just come speak to us louder than before, that you will just come convict us of our righteousness, that you will point out those areas and say, you are called to greater than that. I have bigger purposes for you. Today, we wanna say, sorry, we wanna repent and turn away from this habit and this pattern that we've had of of always wanting to follow our calculations, not even seeking your counsel, and also for our disobedience. We are sorry, and we wanna turn from that. We want nothing more than all of you today. Thank you, Father God. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.